The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast. If you have experienced narcissistic abuse, you are in the right place. Our mission is to help you understand the abuse you have experienced, support you through your healing journey, and to help you develop healthy relationships. I am your host, Juliana Aikin, and in today's episode, I'm interviewing Karina Ramda. She is a compassionate, skilled therapist who works with survivors of childhood sexual abuse, trauma, and other complex mental health concerns. Karina's professional focus is to support people by validating their experiences and acknowledging their resilience. Today's episode is all about protecting yourself from the five manipulation tactics used by narcissistic individuals. We will be going through five common tactics that narcissistic individuals use to control and manipulate others. But don't worry, we won't leave you hanging because Karina will also be sharing practical tips and strategies for protecting yourself against these tactics so you can stay in control of your own life. Let's get started. The phrase public sharing refers to when someone shares your personal information in a public setting. For example, you tell the abusive person in your life something private about you and they share that information with all of their friends. How can someone protect themselves from an abuser who is public sharing? That must feel like such a betrayal, right? You tell somebody in your life, I'm assuming, even though this person is abusive, that the person sharing the information with their partner or their friend or the abuser in their life, that's someone you care about. And so it feels so much like a betrayal. You feel betrayed. You feel hurt, you feel vulnerable, you feel confused, I'm guessing. And so uh, I, I want to acknowledge that, right? So if someone shares uh, your information in a in a way that betrays your confidentiality, there are different different laws in different countries. And I can't really get into every law in every country, I would invite you to the person who's been betrayed to really check in with, with your local city, your your province, your state, uh, your territory, uh, whatever that area is called in your particular country, and also your federal laws, your, your national laws, because that's, it's good to know. Uh, you know, you may not go to that legal, uh, tactic to take care of it to 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 um, heal from that situation but it's good to know what recourses are available to you it gives a sense of control a sense of power because i'm guessing that's what happened you feel a sense of frustration and anger because now your public your information is public and you feel out of control right this person betrayed you uh so um, in Alberta, where I live, um, there's there's different kinds of laws, and we follow something called PEDA for health, and uh, and according to the Canada Health Act, because I can speak to that. But otherwise, um, when you're talking about personal information, like I'm guessing, you 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 know the person said. Um, 
to someone, I've got a health scare or um, I, I'm up for a promotion at work or um, my, my sister has a secret, please don't tell anyone. I, I'm coming up with some examples, right? Uh, and then the abuser shares this with, with friends. And so now you, the person who, who's revealed your secrets, you feel really lost and really confused. And so I would invite that you slow down, you know, um, what is, what is doable for you? Are you able to set boundaries with this person? Are you able to like, have you already set boundaries? Are you able to repeat those boundaries? Are you able to um, follow through with the consequences of, of if you share my information, this is the consequence, right? Are you able to follow through with that? Uh, when it comes to taking care of your feelings, that that's a little bit more tough because sometimes we feel so lost and confused as to why this person has done this to us that we forget to take care of ourselves. And so it's really important to just acknowledge what you're feeling and to be able to take a step back and ask yourself, what do I need in this moment so that I'm okay to take another step, to take a legal step, to take a, a, a confrontation step, to take a, um, a step back, you know, what do I need to take, do for myself? So that's where I would start. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that starts a conversation with us, Juliana. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I was. You said few, uh, many good, not few, many good points. And you said like you mentioned like, have you already set boundaries, and are you able to enforce those consequences? Just for someone who, because for some people, boundaries might be very foreign concept, very like. The, uh, like there are many reasons why some people are not used to setting boundaries and it might be even, I mean, it, it not might, it is even harder to do with the narcissistic person. What, can, can you just give simple example of a boundary in this mm. situation and a possible consequence? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So let's say that the abuser in, in, for lack of a better word, in my life, uh, I, I'm not experiencing that. And I'm just using this as an example because it's easier to say I and you. So let's say that, um, you know, I have a friend who has a very abusive personality. And so I often feel manipulated and unsure. And, uh, and yet I struggle to end the relationship with this person. And so, um, if I have difficulty trusting this person, that's, I think, a good way of setting up a boundary. Oh, I, I should trust myself. I have difficulty trusting this person. So uh, what do I need to, to keep myself safe? And so um, if I'm going through a difficult time in my work life and I need someone to talk about it, perhaps my boundary, first of all, is not talking to this particular friend. Uh, and so when this particular friend asks me questions, I'm going to be very clear about what I can talk to you about, what I can't talk to you about, uh, what I can and can't talk to you about. And so 
that could be like a very extreme boundary, right? Yeah. Uh, perhaps it's not so clear. Perhaps we've been friends for so long that those boundaries have been crossed over and over again. And I don't know what to do now. I'm, I'm perhaps stuck. So I take a step back and check in. Okay. Um, what I'm going through at work, it can have lots of consequences, like legal consequences and me losing my job and all of that. So I'm I'm aware of that. So maybe my boundary is telling this person, if you reveal anything about what I share with you, then and the, the, the consequence has to be doable, then I <laughs> then I'm not going to talk to you in the future about my work life or uh, or conflicts that happen that I'm involved in. So I set that boundary. The person now goes and shares information with all their friends. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, what if this gets back to my employer? This is this is tough. So now I'm I know I'm I'm not going to tell this person again anything about my work or conflict or anything. Um, that's a good reminder. But now I've already told the person it's already happened. So what's the boundary, right? And and what's the consequence for that boundary? So I may have to decide, okay, you know, if you tell anyone about this information, or now that you have told uh, anyone, everyone about this information, you can be drawn into a legal battle. Like you can, you can, um, I can, I can sue you if I'm, if this gets back, I can sue you for libel. I can sue you for uh, libel is saying things about me that may or may not be true. Um, usually they're untrue uh, or they can cause problems for the person, right? Uh, and so, so I have to be able to follow through with that. If I name a legal consequence, I have to be able to follow through with that. Uh, if I can't follow through with the consequence, then I have to really own what I can follow through with. So perhaps um, perhaps I always allow this person to stay at my chateau. <laughs> I don't have a chateau, <laughs> but, but I always allow that. And so now I say to the person, okay, well, you've just revealed all this information about me. You can no longer go to that place on, on my, my money. You have to find your own accommodation whenever you travel. You know, it's it's figuring out what works for you, what's doable, what's realistic, and being able to name that for yourself and also for the person who's now betrayed your trust. You know, the thing is always take care of yourself. I I think that's the most important thing. So if you're talking to someone about the situation and you feel a sense of exhaustion, a sense of misunderstanding you 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 feel unheard then again take a step back and take care of yourself because the whole point of being able to talk to the person about the boundary that they're they've crossed and what the consequences should be you know about next time um, is so that you have a sense of control over what's next for you if you're not getting that take a step back and take care of yourself right it, it's not about them it's about you ultimately mm, mm, yeah thank you thank you so much uh then let's move on to the next one and that's 
The phrase crossing boundaries refers to a manipulation tactic that occurs when someone disrespects your personal boundaries that are either implied or made explicitly clear. For example, the abusive person in your life sending you inappropriate pictures even though you have asked them not to. How can someone protect themselves from an abusive person who constantly crosses their boundaries? Mm, yeah. Uh, this kind of follows what we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah, so um, boundaries, for people who struggle with identifying what is a boundary, we have physical boundaries, we have boundaries around our property and material things. Uh, our The door to our house is a boundary, right? The door to our office is a boundary. Uh, uh, that's that's really a physical marker that this property is mine, right? Uh, a, a physical boundary is don't touch me without my consent. Or certain cultures have different physical boundaries. So in Canada, I'm I'm from Canada. I'm in Canada. Uh, you know, basically, arm's length away is our physical boundary if you come closer to them that we feel very confused why are you standing so close to me in line <laughs> right but i lived in the uk and a physical boundary is touching because <laughs> it's it's crowded and so you have to be aware that yeah there are going to be different different physical boundaries but ultimately, what is it that you feel safe with, okay? Uh, there's going to be emotional boundaries. So if I'm crying, if I'm upset, maybe my emotional boundary is don't talk to me, don't touch me, don't acknowledge that I'm crying and I'm upset. Just give me time, give me space. Or perhaps my emotional boundary if I'm crying and upset is come hug me, come come support me, come ask me if I'm okay. Everyone has different emotional boundaries, right? And we have sexual boundaries. That's that's uh, something that everyone has a certain type of sexual boundary. So that's where we get names such as uh, sexual harassment or, um, you know, I think one of the things we're going to talk about today is non-consensual recording, uh, you know, um, what's appropriate at work, right? Uh, that's where we have discussions in societies about what women wear, what females wear, and whether that's appropriate, all those different things. So, so those are all about different kinds of boundaries. And then, of course, my time is a boundary. Like, the idea of time is also cultural, it's societal, it's it's also personal. And so, you know, if uh, someone, my family originated in the Caribbean, and so if my family is, you know, 15 minutes late, eh, that's okay. If, if they're an hour late, well, Caribbean time, uh, you know, but if I'm, if I'm going according to the norms of Canadian culture and 10 minutes late, well, something must have happened. 20 minutes late, okay, that's it. Nope, I've got other things to do, move on, right? You've just disrespected my time boundary. So everyone has has uh, different boundaries. And so it's really important to understand what is 
your definition, what's your personal definition of a boundary? Because that will set you up for understanding what you feel in terms of disrespect and respect, and also what should the consequences be when you're clarifying what a boundary is. Does that make sense, all of that? I talked a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was very like informative to go through kind of in general what boundaries are. And because I often feel like that when we hear boundaries, we automatically, we, some of us might think that it somehow has to do with trying to control the other person when it really is just uh, protecting yourself, doing what you can, and then either the other people, they either respect them or they disrespect them. But it's like you can't control the other person, you can only make clear, you can only figure out what your boundaries are, then you can make make them clear to uh, another person and enforce those boundaries. But then, uh, yeah, then whatever happens next, that's all information for you. And then you do have to, you know, make informed decisions if someone disrespects your boundaries. Yeah. So to go to your example, of, I believe it was somebody sharing an inappropriate pictures. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, I'm guessing it's non-consensual. Yeah. 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 And so uh, there's, again, different laws in different countries, states, territories, provinces. And so it's important to, to figure out for yourself what the law there. You know, this happens a lot with young people, unfortunately, where they'll share uh, a picture with with a partner, prospective partner, and then <laughs> the relationship fizzles out, and and so now somebody else has your has your information, has your picture, and and starts circulating it. And so, uh, in this context, you're saying the abuser, right? The yeah, in this. Yeah, in this context, the abuser is sending inappropriate pictures to you. Right. Okay. Uh, and so it's important to to clarify. You know, did you did you already tell this person? Uh, no, don't send me these pictures. Uh, if you haven't, go ahead and tell this person. No, don't. <laughs> I would invite you to to record it in writing. So whether that's a text or an email, yeah, say it verbally, say it in writing. There's there's now a record, right? Uh, in different countries, screenshots don't count uh, as a record of, you know, for legal situations. So saving your texts is, is in this way important or, or writing it via email is important because there's a thread that, that people can follow if you decide to pursue a legal action it's really important i think to know what you're okay with so uh, inappropriate is going to be different for different people right um you know so perhaps my level of inappropriate is you send me a picture that's that you're completely naked and and that's completely inappropriate i don't like that my boundary is if you do that, I'm going to block you. <laughs> That's my boundary, right? What, what's your boundary? And 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 so I would invite you to figure out what's appropriate and inappropriate for you, right? Is it showing the legs? Is it showing the tummy? Is it is it, 
even about the amount of clothes? Is it an action? Is it a saying? What? How do you do? How do you define inappropriate in this context of a picture, right? And so, what? What is your boundary? If you're if you're not comfortable with something, what are you going to ask for? Is it doable? Is the consequence doable? So, uh, the abuser is your friend. Is the abuser your partner? Is the abuser your lover? Is the abuser hopefully not a parent, right? Uh, <laughs> right. And so, what what can you live with? What what's doable and realistic? So if I if I get a naked picture, I hit block. I don't care. That's that's what I can live with, right? Uh, can you live with that? This person who has an abuser in their life. Can you live with blocking that person? Uh, or are you going to unblock them two days later, three days later, right? Um, if you do that, then perhaps you have to figure out a consequence that's a, a bit different, you know? Um, is it just delete, deleting all pictures before you open the message? Just checking if there's a text. Usually in my phone, you can see if there's an image or a text, right? Um, and And so, I would just invite figuring that out for yourself. And uh, the next thing is, are you going to have a confrontation or a conversation with this person about how they should be communicating with you, right? Because I think that's always important is to have that communication established because it's obviously important for you to be able to say, oh, well, I told you this, or I did this, and for you to then be able to figure out what you need for yourself to take care of you. Then we have the phrase non-consensual recording, refers to when someone captures a recording or takes pictures of you and or, and or your personal belongings without your permission. For example, your abuser taking a video of you in a nude or semi-nude state without your consent. How can someone protect themselves from an abuser who is willing to engage in these types of behaviors? Oh, this is horrible, isn't it? It's, I, I can just imagine how vulnerable making the situation is and how much of a betrayal it is to to experience this and not knowing what to do, not knowing uh, what the consequences are, feeling feeling so vulnerable that just telling somebody it happened is it compounds the vulnerability, right? It, it makes it bigger. Um, there's going to be, I'm, I'm guessing, a sense of shame, you know, that this information is out there in the first place. It it's it's easy to say and it's hard to do. The person who who's uh, you know whose pictures are out there, it's it's not shameful. You you didn't do anything wrong. It's easy to say. It's it's hard to recognize that you you are in a place of vulnerability that's not of your own making. And so, be gracious to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Uh, take care of yourself whether that's through a support, um, you know, people in your su support system, your your loved ones, uh, your, your family, a therapist. Also, check out, again, the laws in your state, province, uh, country, because it's really important to understand what is the level of this 
you know, in, in worst cases, this is referred to as non-consensual pornography or revenge porn. It is a type of sexual abuse, mm. right? It, mm. It's important to, to name that and, and to know that there's recourse for it legally if you want to go that far. I, I know it's hard for people to think of that. Um, so it's important to, to process with someone what's what you need right whether again that's your support system including your therapist or a best friend uh hopefully it's not your best friend who's done this right mm -hmm. um just just take a step back uh, before taking action because a lot of the times we want to deal with it right away this is this is the worst possible thing that could happen to me. You know, like the pictures of me are out there or my personal belongings, uh, my bed, my, my, my nightwear, my uh, family, my, you know, they're, they're out there without my permission. Um, and, and so I, I want to deal with it right away. It's really important, as I said, to take a step back, take care of yourself, just validate how you're feeling, validate how you're doing, what, what do you need acknowledge what you need first of all to ground yourself to calm down to take care of you and then you can figure out what is it you have to tackle is it a legal step is it just talking to the person best case scenario you ask the person to please take this down hey you didn't know this was private please take this down uh hopefully fingers crossed best case scenario, best outcome, they take it down, right? Um, but you've asked them and now perhaps worst case scenario, they, they say, no, uh, it's out there, it's out of my control, I don't care. Um, hey, you sent it to me or uh, we did this together, it's mine too, right? Uh, and so um, it doesn't work like that. You know, if we go back to the first question, uh, one of the ways that that people share public information is also recording of a conversation, right? In Canada, if I'm recording this conversation, I'm a participant in this conversation, it, we have something called one-party consent. So, so even if uh, you don't know that I'm recording this conversation or you don't um, uh, you don't consent. The thing is that I'm in this conversation. I'm recording it. It's it's legal in Canada. Um, within my house, it's legal. Within my private property, it's legal. Uh, but if if you have an expectation of privacy, because we're talking about confidential information we're talking about your banking information or we're talking about uh your work or you're you're talking about something in your in your relationship then you have an expectation of privacy no matter where that takes place and so if i record even though one party consent i'm part of this conversation then that's against the law right so it's it's kind of tricky there but with this particular thing, non-consensual recording, uh, when you know someone shares recording or or pictures of you and your personal material belongings without your permission, that that's a whole different level of legality, 
And so in the worst case, you ask the person, please take down the recording. It's, it's you know, I didn't consent to you releasing that information. Um, then there's a, a, a different step you can take, particularly for kids. I know sometimes young people access your platform, but particularly for kids in Canada uh, and even for, for adults, but particularly for kids, you can go to the kids help phone. Uh, and then also there's a cyber tip website uh, link that the, the uh, police have set up with different jurisdictions. And you can actually start a process of getting your information, your, your recordings, your pictures offline, and also uh, criminal code, uh, criminal charges against the person who's who's uh, invaded your privacy in such a way. It's hard. It's hard to do that because it's vulnerable making, uh, but it may be the ultimate step that you decide to take. And it's good to know that at least in Canada, there are there are steps. And I'm guessing in whatever country you live in, whatever city you live in, there are steps you can take if you want to go that ultimate extreme route. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And then I, when I was reading this question, it could also be the case that they haven't yet released it anywhere, but they just have mm. a recording of you ah. or pictures of you. And they use that as a, if you, if you don't comply, I'm gonna, you know, publi oh. publish this somewhere or, you know, that's a tough situation as well. Do you have any tips how to deal yeah. with when it's not yet released, but they just oh, have yeah. it? Yeah. And, and it, feels very, very overpowering, right? To have somebody say that to you. It, it, it feels, I, I feel out of control. I feel powerless. You know, if I don't follow through with X, this person is going to re release my information, my recording. Uh, that is blackmail, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and that's, that's really hard to deal with when it's a loved one, when it's a friend or a partner. Um, and we can't turn off our feelings just like that. Unfortunately, we know that this person is in the wrong and we're confused and we're betrayed and we're uncertain and, and so many feelings are going on. Uh, you know, take a step back. Uh, again, I, I, I say that, but that's because it's important to ground yourself. It's really important to figure out what's right for you. You know, uh, um, it's easy to jump in the moment to panic. Oh my goodness, this person said if I don't do this, they're going to release my information. I have to do what they say. Okay, do you really have to do what they say? How? how much hold does this uh, recording have over you, right? In what ways is it going to impact your life? Is it going to impact your work, your friendships, your family life? Uh, can you get ahead of the problem? Can you talk to people in your life and say, you know what, I, I made a mistake. I I got into this relationship with someone. We, we recorded whatever it was without going in detail and now they're telling me if i don't do something they're going to release it like what should i do i feel so lost ask for support right talk to your therapist 
you can even just go on a helpline, uh, you know, legal guidance or uh, or legal aid, however it's called where you live, and just ask for information. You don't have to make a decision right away. Yeah, the, the abuser is probably saying, if you don't make this decision right now, I'm going to release it in 10 minutes, right? Or um, if you don't follow through ASAP, that's it, we're done. <laughs> so yeah, listen, you also have control in this situation. You don't think you do because it seems like the power is in the abuser's hands. Uh, but remember that you can slow things down. You know, you can you can make it seem as if you're considering it. You know, like give me a day, give me give me two days. I I just have to prepare myself to follow through with with what you're doing, right? Um, and that gives you at least a day or a couple of days to to ask for information, to ask for help, to figure out for you. Is this something I'm ultimately going to be okay with them releasing? Is it okay if I do this thing they asked me for? Like, give me a ride to the zoo. I, yeah, okay, I can give you a ride to the zoo. Uh, or is it okay if I, 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 I do this extreme thing? Well, no, the extreme thing I can't do. That's not okay. It's very different from be, giving someone a ride to the zoo, right? So uh, if I'm not okay with it, what actions do I need to take to protect myself and that recording, right? Take a step back, figure it out, ask for time. Hey, I hope you are enjoying this episode right now. If you didn't know this already, our mission here at Unfiltered is to help people who have experienced narcissistic abuse understand the abuse they have experienced, support them through their healing journey, and to help them develop healthy relationships. We want to help as many people as possible, but the only way we can reach everyone is if you choose to share this episode. So if you have been getting value from our content, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with others. You could do this by sharing it with your online support groups, sending it to someone dealing with a narcissist, or even leaving a review. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the episode. The phrase petty theft refers to a criminal act in which property belonging to another is taken without that person's consent. For example, the abusive person in your life taking your car without your permission. How can someone protect themselves from an abusive person who is willing to take their belongings without their consent? Mm, okay. Uh, okay, so this goes back to setting boundaries, right? Uh, crossing boundaries, setting boundaries. So first of all, you know, is this my sister? Is this my friend? Is this my partner? Is this my child? Figuring out uh, the context of, hopefully it's not a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a stranger, right? Uh, then I, I, I would feel more comfortable getting the cops involved, the police yeah. involved if it's a stranger, right? Um, but who is it who's taking my property? What kind of conversation have I had with them? Can I have with them? You know, um, is it my sister who's constantly taking all my stuff? Like she takes my uh, my hairstyling products. She takes my uh, new clothes that I've never worn before. She <laughs> she takes my uh, new vase that I've 
bought just for my new orchid. She she takes it, it's just a pattern of behavior that we've grown up with. Okay. How many times have I told her don't take my stuff? Well, what's been the consequences that I've set out? Have I told her if you take my stuff, I'm going to put a, a lock on my door and you can't come into my room anymore? Or have I just said, don't take my stuff? Don't take my stuff. Stop taking my stuff. Those are two different things, right? So, um, you know, now in this situation, it's a car. So every everyone is is different uh every law is different in alberta uh if that car is under five thousand dollars it's considered petty theft. if it's over five thousand dollars it's considered grand theft and so uh every every country is different every province is different uh what do you want to do do you want to call the police and uh and have the person charged with uh, petty theft, petty theft, or uh, or if it's like a thirty-two thousand dollar car, do you want them charged with grand theft, right? Um, if it's a family member, often we struggle with that. You know, uh, even though I've told my sister a gazillion times, don't take my stuff now. It's my car. What? She's taking it. Um, yeah, I'm not going to call the police on my sister. So, what am I going to do, right? Um, and so it's really about figuring that out and, and that's the hardest part. So who do you talk to, you know, who do you talk to about your options? Who do you talk to about your feelings? Who do you talk to about how angry you are and how unheard you feel and how disrespected you feel about somebody just picking up your keys, going in your car and taking off with it? Uh, you know, maybe you need to talk to your family members and figure figure that out together. Maybe it's about uh, talking to your therapist and, and processing and, and um, figuring out a way for you to become a more assertive person and, and be able to talk in those I statements and set very clear boundaries with very clear consequences. So yeah it's really tough when somebody takes your takes your things and there's a pattern of it because them taking a car it's not it's probably not a one-time thing it's probably a pattern and so how do you how do you get there how do you get to that conversation of hey you you just took my car you could have been in an accident you know then i wouldn't have had a tra uh, transportation to work um it's not yours, you know, uh, the likely answer is, hey, what's the big deal? You weren't using it. You know, it's it's not a problem. It was there. You know, I just went out for 10 minutes or five minutes. The likely answer is to be very dismissive of you and your concerns. And so it's easy to um, keep the peace, maintain the peace uh, by just going along to to get along, don't do that because the next time it's going to be bigger than your car. Maybe it'll be grand theft, right? Maybe it'll be um, taking your jewelry without permission, selling your car without your permission. So, so, so own that this is important to you. Own that you feel disrespected. Uh, you know, I feel disrespected when you don't listen to 
to me and when you cross my boundaries. Uh, this is a criminal act. The next time you take my car without my permission, I will call the police, right? Um, but again, are you willing to do that? If you're not willing to do that, then have a different boundary. Perhaps you don't leave the keys lying around. Perhaps you make sure that you always lock them up. Um, you know, figure out what fits for you. But in the meantime, talk to someone, get support, feel validated, because you have a right to be upset when, when these situations happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. And I think it was such a great point that you like, even though these are all uncomfortable and unfortunate situations, but it's important to uh, make it very clear that you are not tolerating it, putting it a stop and then take and then thinking, what can I in practice uh, do? It really depends what is the belonging in in this question. Like, yeah, like you said, you could always make sure that if you have all the car keys, they are not able to, uh, you know, turn on the car they are not able to use the car if they take other stuff you can either put a lock on your door or lock on your on some box depending how big or small the thing is you can lock it or you could one other example that came to my mind do you have a trusted friend that you can for example store something important in their house and you know just do it all of course all of this is so difficult and complicated but you are dealing with a difficult and complicated person which means that you are just yeah you are forced to either then do like your life gets harder as a result so but yeah thank you for your answer i think it was very helpful mm, yeah um no it's good that you acknowledge that yeah it is complicated and someone's life does get harder in navigating these complications the thing is that it's important for the person who owns the car who who has the property who's at risk of petty uh, theft all of the time to be able to to acknowledge that they have a right to their feelings right they have a right to keep their their stuff safe they have a right to uh whatever is theirs they just have a right to it and so it, as complicated as it is and yeah your your life does get harder that's a great validation yeah exactly uh then we have again a very difficult situation and it's called the phrase fast talking refers to a manipulation tactic that occurs when someone purposely overwhelms you with a rapid fire series of questions accusations and or assertions without giving you a chance to respond or even process everything that they are saying how can someone protect themselves from an abusive person who uses fast talking to overwhelm them? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, to me, this is not a funny situation, but to me, this comes to mind. Um, you know, I, I watch older films or sometimes I'll read historical novels. And so I'll hear the terms a swindler, flim flam man, you know, what else? Um, cheat, shaking down the the perp, right? Shaking down someone for the purpose of, you know, misleading them. Ultimately, that's what it is. It's it's um, a manipulation tactic to mislead, to brainwash. I know that's a, that's a big word, but to brainwash, uh, to win over someone, win against someone, a sense of I'm in control of that person. Right, uh, I, I'm, I'm just being persuasive. You know, the fast talkers is, is 
is rationalizing and being persuasive. Um, uh, just just to make sure we don't confuse this, Juliana, with someone who is talking fast, that's also called a fast talker, right? Um, the person who's speaking really quickly might be an extrovert, they may be nervous, it may be cultural, you know, as I said, I'm, my family of origin is from the Caribbean, and so people from the Caribbean, my, my particular home country, speak very, very fast compared to Canadians, and so it's important to understand there are different contexts for being a fast talker. But in this particular context, uh, yeah, it's about manipulating someone, winning them, winning against them, or or overcoming uh, their their concerns, overwhelming them to the point where they just give in, right? And so uh, I heard you say that how ask the question of how do we deal with a, an abuser who's using this manipulation tactic to overwhelm right and so i guess the first thing is acknowledging that you feel overwhelmed right and i feel overwhelmed i feel confused what are you asking me right all right i i hear you just saying a lot of words but i need you to slow down and so this is where being assertive and using i statements come in right? Uh, is it appropriate to even walk away from the conversation uh, or the one-sided tirade? Is it is it appropriate for you to leave the room? Is it safe for you to do so? I don't know the level of abuse that goes on. Is it appropriate for you to ask someone to be with you when you're having a conversation with this particular person, right? So taking a step back, uh, I guess that's my go to this this conversation is for people to take a step back right ask themselves what they need slow down validate themselves check in okay i'm not comfortable having this conversation right now okay bye bye <laughs> not comfortable right or or checking in i don't understand what you're saying i'm i'm in a work situation i think it's inappropriate you're trying to, I feel uh, persuaded to do something that doesn't feel right. I'm going to call my coworker in to be a witness, or I'm going to call my supervisor in to, uh, to help us navigate this, this particular situation. Uh, if it's an abusive partner, have you set up safety parameters for yourself, right? Um, is there a, a social worker or therapist you can turn to. Uh, I heard my partner telling me these things yesterday or the day before or this morning. I am not sure what to do with it. Can you help me process it, figure it out, right? So it's, it's important to have a support system. I think in all of this too, one of the important uh, gifts you can give yourself is not being alone. Right? Don't isolate yourself. With with all the situations we've been talking about today, it's really important to have people you can go to to ask for help, to ask for advice, to figure things out with, to process your feelings, people who will validate you, right? So in this particular situation, when someone is uh, fast talking and you feel overwhelmed and you feel manipulated, 
figure that out with somebody else about what can you do so that you um, feel more in control, right? Yeah, and I, I think just being aware that there is a manipulation tactic called fast talking helps a lot already because then you can, you know, see it happening and like, uh, like I, I would never like say to anyone that like, I, I don't think it's a good idea to say, hey, you are now fast talking to in order to overwhelm me because then that can take you know, then they might deny it and be like, what, what are you talking about? Why you are calling me that I'm some abusive person or toxic person? And then it's again, it's like, uh, away from whatever is the core problem or what is the uh, topic of the conversation, but just being aware and you can say it to yourself inside your head, head, like, oh, now they are fast talking to me. Like every time I'm trying to get word in, they just keep going or they just, you know, pull out completely like something that does, has nothing to do with the topic at hand just to confuse you. So just being aware of that, then saying to yourself, which I guess it's kind of validating also that you are like, okay, I'm starting to feel yeah. overwhelmed, but it's because this is happening and this is being done to me. And then you can, you know, assert yourself and say like, hey, if you don't slow down now, I'm afraid that I have to exit this conversation because it's impossible to have a conversation with someone who basically talks over me and talks alone <laughs> in this yeah. situation. Like, yeah. like just, just, you know, again, like you, like we have been discussing a lot of what you have been saying a lot, like it's, it's many of these things are about boundaries, say, say, uh, yeah. And maybe just then also internally, like say to yourself that, uh, like, yeah, it's, it's tough to try to have a conversation with someone who basically quite clearly isn't approaching the conversation with a mindset that I am here to listen and to have this conversation in order to understand you better. They are approaching the conversation with a mindset that I have a need that I want to be fulfilled or I have a goal that I'm trying to achieve with this conversation or my me 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 something about them and it's not about reaching any common uh you know understanding it's not about reaching a solution it's not about any of that so yeah there are it's it's a hard situation and sometimes you really you know you can't do anything to prevent the person from doing that but you can validate yourself you can keep these things in your mind and sometimes you can even exit the situation like first give them a just like informed like if you are not slowing down i have to end this conversation and then then that's it <laughs> like yeah yeah that's a boundary <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah no that's that's very good juliana yeah good acknowledgement internal validation is i think the most important thing gift you can give yourself right yeah and I just mm -hmm. maybe just like, I'm sure again, like we have been also talking about that usually these things are patterns. It's not like someone is fast talking for, to you to overwhelm you for the first time. Then if you do feel the urge to start screaming and start to like uh, put your word in because you feel, you feel unlike unf that it's unfair and you feel misheard that you are not understood and all these are very like, of course you might feel like that just try to think that okay 
like my need right now in this situation would be to be heard and to actually participate in this conversation. Am I going to get my need met by trying to forcibly get some, like some, like just get some space for myself to speak? And I think then there might come also the radical acceptance piece that sometimes you just never, or it's very unlikely that the person is going to change and you just have to accept that and stop fighting the reality and uh, it can be painful but it can also be very liberating and that you are not anymore wasting your energy trying to do something that clearly hasn't worked in the past mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think the the two things you just said really highlights the importance of of internal validation it's um yeah there there's a pattern of behavior for all of these things it doesn't it's not a sudden one-time thing right uh you you tell your abusive parent that you're engaged but don't tell anyone yet because we want to do an, a public announcement um, and then your parent tells everyone well, there's there's been a pattern of behavior before that right uh or um you know the person who's blackmailing you if you don't do this for me i'm going to share the recording well there's been if you don't take me to the zoo i'm going to throw a tantrum there's been a pattern of behavior before right uh and then yeah this this feeling of I feel overwhelmed. You're you're just throwing these accusations at me. Uh, you know the fast talkers doing whatever they're doing and saying to be able to manipulate you into silence, for example, because um, sometimes that's the ultimate outcome. And so there's been a pattern. So it's really really good that you highlighted that. And um, and I think it's really about paying attention to self right so what do i need in this moment is what you ask and so it's it's paying attention to self because if there's been a pattern of behavior is the pattern that i've been doing is ignoring myself is that my pattern ignoring my needs and so it's it's hard to break patterns it's it's, it's very very hard you know, therapists always say self-awareness is the first step. And so now you're validating yourself. Now you're saying, okay, I'm taking a step back and checking in. I feel all these emotions. I feel confused. I feel overwhelmed. I feel angry. I feel whatever I'm feeling. Okay, I'm validating myself. And then it's checking in, what do I need? So I can't control the other person. I can control me. And this is where it's, okay, I'm going to take a step out the door <laughs> i'm going to walk away i'm going to have less to do with this abusive friend i'm going to start doing things that i love in this abusive abusive relationship so i have a support network so i'm out of the house so i i don't have to feel overwhelmed all of the time yeah sometimes i will but not at least not all of the time right <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode and maybe you are going to listen to it a couple more times if you are planning on using Karina's advice, which I hope you do. 
Before I let you go, I would like to invite you to join our free community. My team and I send out free courses and healing exercises every week. To join, please click the link in the podcast notes or visit unfiltered.net slash community. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'll catch you in the next one.